So we're going to look at a passage now in Romans 8, the next few verses that are quite open to uh, misinterpretation and have been misinterpreted a a lot by the legalists and the perfectionists, but in the context of how Paul reasons and talks and teaches, we know what it means. And let me explore it with you. It's a very encouraging and uplifting and it will give you insight on how your Christian life works. So, thank you for joining me today. You're listening to the Good News of the Gospel. This is Colin Cook here, and How It Happens, a broadcast uh, on the Book of Romans. We take you through this book each year or so, and um, in so doing, your faith is trained. Your faith to trust God, to open him, uh, open up all of your issues to him, and to walk forward knowing that he is with you in Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit and can direct your path. So, listen any time of the day or night if you can, or rather any time of the day or night when you want to, um, by going to a free app, SoundCloud or Spotify or Podbean, download one of those apps to your remote device, your smartphone, say, and uh, key in how it happens with Colin Cook when you get there. The same with Google Podcasts. You can also listen on the radio, though, at 10 o'clock in the evening, repeated at 4 in the morning on KLTT AM 670 in the Denver and Colorado and surrounding states areas. So we are looking at this wonderful uh, chapter, chapter 8, and of course this is all in the context of a larger picture. Uh, God's de- uh, Paul is describing God's life in the, his kingdom of grace. The kingdom of glory hasn't come yet. That comes at the coming of Jesus when all the kingdoms of the world will be taken over by Jesus Christ, and uh, um, peace will reign and, and all of that, and the judgment comes and so on. And uh, but this is the gl- the kingdom of grace that he's talking about, and really, in a sense, God, as I said the other day, has brought forward that kingdom for us now in the life of Christ on earth and His death and resurrection, so that by faith in His resurrection, we can uh, live sort of droplets of uh, the kingdom of glory here and now. And then comes this passage. Well, so what is that kingdom of grace? The freedom from wrath, as I mentioned in chapter 5. That is reconciliation with the heart of God, freedom from sin, the identity and the judgment of it. Uh, In chapter 6, freedom from the judgment of the law. Chapter 7, so that we are counted as righteous in Christ. And freedom from the power of death. This is uh, chapter 8. And Paul says here then that there's no condemnation. We looked at that the other day. Why is there no condemnation? Because the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free, made me free from the law of sin and death. I no longer belong to that kingdom of Adam of sin and death. I belong to the kingdom of Christ, which is the law of the Spirit of life. And he explains now why all this is so necessary. For what, this is verse 3, for what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. 
He condemned sin in the flesh, verse 4, that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Now, I don't know how you understood that as I read it, but it has great uh, that there is a large body of Christians that misunderstand what this is saying. Let me read it again for you, and then we will uh, uh, we'll explore it. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. Now let me tell you how this is often misunderstood, and it is misunderstood by people who at heart, and we all are at heart really legalists, but they haven't yet found the gospel, the true gospel that helps them to be freed from legalism. But these people interpret this in the following way. Jesus came to do what the law failed to do. What did the law fail to do? Well, why did the law fail to do it? Because it was weak through the flesh. That is, it could not operate its power through our weak flesh. So what did God do? Well, he sent his own son. This is how these people interpret it. So God sent his own son, and uh, what Jesus did was condemn sin in the flesh. In other words, he proved that sin didn't have to take place in the flesh because he said, listen, I did it by reliance upon the Father. I overcame all sin uh, uh, by reliance on the Father. So can you. So then, the, the righteous requirement of the law is now fulfilled in us because we have learned by the Holy Spirit to depend upon Jesus just as he, uh, as he did upon his Father. And so the law finally is fulfilled in the flesh by our perfect obedience to it through the Holy Spirit who enables us. That is the interpretation given by these people who are endlessly, how shall I put it, aping after the law. They do want the law to be fulfilled. And they say, well, we couldn't do it in our own strength. So Christ came, died for our sins, and fulfilled the law in his strength so that he could give us that strength through the Holy Spirit so that we fulfill the law also. That is the kind of teaching I was brought up with uh, when I became a Christian at 16 for decades. And it took away all of the hope and the promises that Paul had described in this book of Romans. Took away all of that because now we're brought back to the very situation we thought we had escaped from, we have to fulfill the law, granted not by our works, but by the Holy Spirit, to complete it so that what we couldn't do 
by ourselves, Jesus has done for us. I want to tell you that that is false teaching, and it is entirely inconsistent with Paul's teaching in the book of Romans. Paul never presents Jesus and the law in one line, as it were, leading us to God. The law couldn't be kept in our own strength, so Jesus comes along, keeps the law, and then gives us the power of the Holy Spirit so that we can keep it in the Holy Spirit's strength, so that the purpose of Jesus ultimately is a means to the law. That is that false teaching. So what is the true teaching? Well, it says here what the law could not do in that it was weak in the flesh. What has Paul been teaching us all through this book? That the law does not provide a way to righteousness. Remember 3 verse 19 and verse 20. Now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. Therefore, this is a definitive statement, listen, therefore by the law, no deeds of, uh, uh, I'm sorry, I misread it, therefore by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight. By the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight. Why? For by the law is the knowledge of sin. The law brings a knowledge of sin. And Paul then also says in chapter 7, verse 5, when we were in the flesh, the sinful passions were aroused by the law, so that when humanity comes in contact with the law and understands it, it does not lead humanity to righteousness, but to more disobedience for fear of judgment and condemnation and, and shame. So then, that is what the law could not do. It could not produce righteousness in us. But God did, according to this verse, by, well, what did God do? Listen then. But God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, in other words, like a true human being, but without sin. And then it says, on account of sin, but in the Greek that is for sin, which means on behalf of sin, which means as a substitutional sacrifice for sin. So then what the law couldn't do, God did by sending his son as a sacrifice, condemning sin in the flesh. He didn't condemn sin in the flesh in the sense that he said, well, now I've done it, so now you can. He condemned sin in the flesh as a sin offering, for sin, as it says in the previous clause, uh, uh, previous, um, um, oh, not clause, but anyway, the, the little com uh, previous segment. He condemned sin in the flesh because he was the sacrifice for sin and took the judgment for it on the cross. And as a result of that, the righteous requirement of the law is fulfilled in us. So what is the righteous requirement of the law? Not 
that we find righteousness by the law, the righteous requirement of the law is that we put trust in Jesus Christ, our Savior, who is our righteousness. Paul, as I have said, does not use Jesus, and I use that word use in a, in a pejorative way, use Jesus as a means to keep the law. Legalists, that's what they do. They tend to look at Jesus as a means to obedience. When Jesus is our Savior, he is our obedience. He is our righteousness. He is the sacrifice of the, the, the atoning sacrifice for the sins of the world so that the righteous requirement of the law is fulfilled in us in that we look to Christ constantly as our Savior. Do you get it? That is the teaching of Paul so consistent throughout the book of Romans, and it would be completely wrong to take this passage and interpret it differently and contradict all that he said so far and hereafter. And so consistent with uh, Paul's statement in Galatians chapter 2, verse 21, I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness comes by the law, then Christ died in vain. Don't line up Christ and law as leading you to God. Paul teaches us, and he was led by Christ's Holy Spirit, that the law is on one side and Christ is on the other. The law does not lead us to a righteous life. Faith in Christ, loving him, knowing that he loves us and has taken away all judgment, it is that that leads us to a new and beautiful and good life. Donations are urgently needed and appreciated to keep the broadcast going, so if you would like to make a donation of any amount, just once or regularly, whichever you like, then please send it to FaithQuest, P.O. Box 366, Littleton, Colorado, 80160. That's FaithQuest, P.O. Box 366, Littleton, Colorado, 80160, or on FaithQuestRadio.com. Thanks so much. I'll see you next time. Cheerio and God bless.